Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. So today I'm interviewing Dora Herrera from the Yucas restaurant, and we had such a beautiful conversation, and I really identify so much with her because being a child of a restaurateur, we were able to relate to many things, and so I, I know that you will love this episode So let me say a little bit about her and the Yucas restaurants. So Yucas is a Hispanic and woman-owned treasured Mexican restaurant in Pasadena, Los Angeles. The story began on April 1st, 1976, when Mama Socorro decided to follow her dream to share the delicious flavors of her Yucatan and bring a little piece of her home to L.A. Today, that dream continues with now 80-year-old Socorro still leading the band together with her daughter, Dora, greeting customers and passing around delicious Yucatan staples like tamales, tacos, burritos, and much more. Over the years, their small hut grew bigger, and since then, they've opened a second location in Pasadena that Dora runs wholeheartedly. It's five times bigger than the original hut in Los Files, but it maintains the essence and the same beloved recipes and dishes that they've served forever. Their historic tiny Mexican taco stand is a staple of Yucatan style cooking and a place of happiness for all of the new and regular customers. They know what they make and they make it simple, memorable, and always delicious. They are proud to be known as the best authentic Mexican restaurant in LA and they strive to keep their menu just as it was almost five decades ago. So people can always come back even years later and still taste the same flavors they fell in love with at the first bite. That's what Yucas is all about. And I'm so excited to have Dora here with us today to talk a lot more about their amazing restaurants. So without further ado, this is Dora Herrera. 
Hi, Jackie. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. I'm excited to tell you a little bit of our stories and just have a great conversation with you. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. I know, Dora, that we've met several times and finally I'm like, okay, you need to be on my podcast now. Like, <laughs> She's a friend of some of my friends and they've been telling me, they're like, you got to interview Dora. You got to interview Dora. And I'm like, yes, I know. So finally, <laughs> we were at an event not too long ago. And I said, you know what, Dora, we got to get on. And so she said, yes. And so here's the wonderful thing about this is that she's been in the restaurant business for her adult life, if not even younger. And I can identify with that too, because I grew up in the restaurant business. And so as someone who knows the ins and outs of restaurants, I get super excited when I get to talk with someone who knows that language and knows how intense it is to serve clients and to survive a restaurant. Because as you all know out there, amigas, that the restaurant business is a very tough business to get in. And the survival rate is very slim. And we're going to get started on how is it that they've survived for like 47 years? That is freaking incredible. So Amiga, Dora, you, we got to start from the beginning, how this whole thing happened. Okay, so I got accepted to Brown University and I left to go there thinking that Rhode Island was an island. <laughs> Or was I surprised? And then when I got there, my parents called and said, hey, guess what we just did? And they got a restaurant for the first time in their lives. And my parents were serial entrepreneurs. So Princess House, Avon. My mom decided to be a tailor while we were in British Honduras. She just did all these like crazy things in order to feed the family kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, she always put her own little touch on it. Yeah. Like as an Avon lady, she had friends who didn't meet the Avon minimum. So she took their orders, put them all together, and then she sent out the order. So they could be Avon ladies, but they didn't have to be an Avon lady. Yeah. And because of that, she made a lot of people happy because they were able to make money for their families. And then she won like the, the regional Avon lady thing on a trip to London. And she's like, I don't want to go to London. So then she made number the number two Avon lady very happy because she got to go to London. <laughs> so, and that's how it started. They just called and said, guess what we did? We got a restaurant. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what did they just get themselves into? Yeah. Oh. And uh, my mom thought she was going to be able to run the whole place by herself. Oh, yeah. So cook, cashier, market, bookkeeper, you know, janitorial, whatever. And she was quickly taught that she was going to be too busy making the food to do any of the other stuff. Right. And she dragged my brother in or my sister. And it was like, oh, my God. Every time I came home from college, it was like summer off, work at Yucas, you know, Christmas vacation, work at Yucas. Mm -hmm. So, and it just took off. Yeah. Mostly because my brother did guerrilla marketing before it had that tag. He stood on the sidewalk, waved cards over and said, hey, we just opened. We have delicious food. Pull in. 
try it. And if you don't like it, I'll give you double your money back. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great bargain. Let me tell you. People are like, where do I sign up? So he did that. They came in, they tried it. Of course, nobody ever asked for their money back. And then they left and they had a great story. You know, like, hey, this guy pulled me over. I had the food. It was delicious. They also make cheeseburgers out of a taco stand that is so crazy, but they're good. And so by word of mouth marketing, we got our start. Yeah. Oh, my God. So here's the thing. As you're telling me the story, I'm imagining, like, here you are going to college. I'm sure you were thinking of doing something else with your college degree. What was your intention of when you were going to graduate? I I was a science major, so I was going to be a pharmacist. Oh, wow. And well into my first semester, I was like, hell no, I'm not cut out to be a pharmacist behind this little counter counting pills. And and then a bunch of people that I knew were like, oh, as soon as you graduate, you're going to write me a script. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to be a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, quickly changed my, my major and Spanish literature, Latin American studies. Nothing to do with the restaurant or business, but um, helping my parents, you know, eventually I I came to the the conclusion after I told my mom, I don't know how many years in a row in December, come January, I'm going to not work with you. I'm going to get a real job. Right. Right. January, I'm not going to work with you. I'm going to get a real job. (laughs) And one day, you know, it's like, I'm not going anywhere. I love this. Yeah. 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 I mean... The restaurant business, I mean, if you have to have a level of passion to continue on because it is grueling. I remember as a kid, when I would work at the restaurants with my family, we had like, you know, not like a a taco shop. Well, we did have one taco shop, but like a regular full on restaurant. I remember like as a kid, like you, every summer, every break, it wasn't like I was going to summer camps. That was not even part of the curriculum in my life. It was like, we got to go work. And I remember as working in those establishments, my feet would be so tired from standing up and people don't realize it is grueling, Yeah, really grueling to walk all day, all day, all day. (laughs) So try working six days a week from nine to six. And then training for a marathon <laughs> at the same time. You I, did that? It was on Saturday. The long runs were on Saturday. So I would come in, you know, like I did it with the uh, AIDS marathon runners. And we would actually run a full marathon before we did the LA marathon. So I would be like running 18 miles in the morning, heading straight to work, and then working the rest of the day. It was crazy. But, you know, I started a fundraiser. We had like a big poster and uh, we kept track of all the donations. And people came in like they were running. Oh, what did we do today? I said, oh, we did 18 miles. How are you feeling? (laughs) And they're like, what? So, yeah, it was hard. But But you got it done. You know, you just, if you like it, it doesn't matter. Right, 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 right. So tell me. So I know that, you know, you're running this restaurant and you're the president of the Yucca restaurants. So in your role as president, like what have you found the easiest and what has been the most challenging? Mm. The easiest is the people. Welcoming them, talking to them, 
scolding them, spanking them because, you know, some of them are, are out of control, but mostly just loving them. And right now, I think we're about four generations deep in customers. Wow. You know, like, like the grandmother, the mother, the daughter, the, and it's, it's just fabulous to have that, that much history between you and a customer. And when they show up, it's not like, may I take your order? It's like, Jackie, how's the family? You know, what happened here and there? And they bring their babies. They bring their potential wives. I remember one guy kept picking the wrong partners. (laughs) And one day he decided he was going to ask my mom. And she says, of course. So he'd get out of the car and he'd look at her as his current date was coming out. And she'd like shake her head. And he's like, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) It's been on for a while. And then one day, this gorgeous woman got out and my mom looked at him and said, yes. And he was like, yes. And they got married and they stayed married well over 20 years until he passed. But it was that kind of connection. Yeah. Familia. Not just we have great food, but let's share life passions and trials and tribulations. Yeah. Oh my God. Familia. That was familia for you guys. And I know that your mom, Socorro, no? Mama Socorro? Yeah. And why they call her Mama Yucas. Mama Yucas. (laughs) Tell us more about Mama Yucas. Well, she never met a challenge that she didn't like. We moved from Merida to Belize, British Honduras, and she decided she was going to set up as a tailor. Never mind that she had never sewn a full dress on her own. She had just helped her godmother with little details of dresses. And one of her friends got her her first customer. So the, the woman came in with this cut of fabric from England and a page from Vogue and said, can you make this dress? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and she said, okay. She took all the measurements. And she said, I'll see you in two weeks. And the woman was like, two weeks? And my mom's like, yeah, for your fitting. It's like, what? So the woman came back. And the night before, my mother crossed herself and said, you know, God help me. <laughs> I don't know if I do this right. And she cut the pattern out of newspapers, put the dress together. The woman came in. It fit her like a glove. Wow. And she just happened to be the wife of the president of the ruling party, you know, like kind of like the mayor here. Uh And uh, the woman walked in and there was like, where'd you get that dress? It's my tailor. And so my mom became the tailor to all the mucky mucks in Belize. But never having sewn a dress before. But I guess she must have been paying attention to what her godmother was showing. Yeah, yeah. She has like the mind to take that risk, you know, to just like dive into the deep end of the pool and say, I can swim. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of, as we would say, cojones to say, oh, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So she was born to be a queen. Yes. I mean, definitely just the the audacity of being a queen. Like she really took that crown and put it on her head and anointed herself and said, yes, I'm going to make this happen. Things like, for instance, when we opened, everybody would mash their pinto beans and throw 
cheese on top. And when we opened, she's like, I'm not throwing cheese on anything because that's not what we do in the Yucatan. And then one day she decided, why am I mashing the beans? It's so much work. It's annoying. It's disgusting. Well, maybe not disgusting. <laughs> so she stopped mashing the beans. And like a week after that, Ruth Reichel, who was the food critic for the LA Times, uh-huh. wrote a whole paragraph or two about the beans at Yucas because they were amazing. And each one was like a snowflake, you know, and you put it in your mouth and the flavors popped. And I was just flabbergasted. I'm like, mom, you're the only one that gets kudos for being lazy. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how she does things is what do I want? What do I like? What makes me happy? Right. And I think when you run a business that way, yeah, people feel the the good vibes. They they feel that karma of, you know, come here and get lots of love. She's also the queen of tough love. You know, yeah. she had a couple of gang members show up who needed to get schooled. Like this one guy was like, I want an egg on my burger. And my mom's like, we don't do that. So he whips out like this wad of hundred dollar bills. And looks at her and she's like, honey, put your money away. (laughs) Your money's not good here. Right. And he was, he continued. And so she said, give him his money back. Give his friends his money back. And the other people were like, wait, we didn't do anything. And she's like, you brought him here. And so you can come back tomorrow or anytime after that, but not today. Yeah. And the next day the guy showed up and he apologized and he said, Mama, I, I you know, I didn't know how things work here. May I have this? And, and she's like, Of course, honey. You know, so it's like, okay, you learned your lesson. You don't need to suffer anymore. Yeah. But, you know, this is my place. And yeah. I, and I tell you, getting lessons like that early in life are so key to finding what, what you want to do, what you like, what you don't like, what you're not going to tolerate. It just makes you a very strong person. Absolutely. Wow. So I'm sure that's why you're a very strong person. All these amazing lessons on the daily. Wow. Good example. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Now, as you are navigating the ropes as being the president and just all the challenges that come with it, But then there's all these amazing opportunities. And I read that you guys received the James Beard Award. And I want you to tell us about that. Okay. So I get a call and it's Tuesday at noon. Hi, do you have a minute? And I'm like, "Uh, it's lunchtime, buddy. Can you call back at another time? So Wednesday at noon, I get a call. Hey, do you have a minute? And I'm like, is this the same guy from yesterday? (laughs) he's like yes I said so so in 10 seconds or less tell me why you're calling and he says have you ever heard of James Beard and I said yeah so I told him I said mom give me a sec I walked outside into the because our our restaurant is like eight by ten feet I went outside on the sidewalk and I said okay so I've heard of James Beard I know he's an American chef how can I help you and he goes, well, I nominated you for the James Beard Award and you've made it to the finals and you're going to get a letter telling you about this. But I wanted to be the one to inform you that you're in the finals. And then I want to make sure that you say yes to the trip to New York in order to be present for the whole party and 
whether you win or not. And I'm like, yes, 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 you know. And we went, and I think our award was either the first one or the last one. I, I forget how it went. But they flashed yukas, kind of like my background. In yeah. The, they flashed yukas. And my mom was like, oh, and I said, mom, and she goes, I forgot we were going to be on. But the beauty of it was a lot of people in the audience started clapping and yelling. And it was like, oh, wow, we got a lot of followers in New York. And we didn't even know that we were serving so many famous chefs. At UK. I mean, they would come, they would eat, we would have a great time. We had no idea who they were. Well, we found out when we went to New York and won the James Beard Award that a lot of our, our customers were famous chefs. And it was like, wow. Wow. You know? That is so cool. And then a couple of them were like, yeah, we may be famous chefs, but we don't have a James Beard Award like you do. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Oh, my God. And it was for your cochinita pipil, right? That they you mentioned that want- as one of the things, but it was basically for cooking food well. Okay. You know, not just like, here's a, a taco, but like a, a taco that just kind of made you want to say, oh, I want five more or I'm coming back tomorrow. Yeah. And also for our community involvement. Yeah. No, you know, you're um, you're very much involved. I know that. Yeah. So I as a a business member, I was invited to create the Los Feliz Business Improvement District. So I said yes. And then after that, I got a call from the people creating the neighborhood council. And I said yes to that. And then we created a street fair and a holiday fest, you know. So for me, it was the best of all the worlds because I was making people happy with food. I was making a better community. I was creating party events because I love the party. Mm-hmm. So I was in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's so amazing. And then I also read a couple of things um, as I was uh, looking through um, your website you guys also were one of three Latina-owned businesses to be showcased at the Super Bowl tailgate. <laughs> How was that? That was amazing. Stressful, challenging, inspirational. And I owe it all to my friend Anita Ron, who said, Dora, you need to get a minority business enterprise certification. And I had just started that process when the opportunity came up. And as luck would have it, as long as you had started the process, you could make the bid. And then I was a little bit like, oh, that's huge. I don't know. Am I big enough? You know, can I handle the challenge? So all these like uh, self-doubt. And then I just kind of slapped my face a couple of times and said, just do it. I mean, like. What would your mother say? Yes. What <laughs> so, would Mama Yuka say? So yes. I, I dove into that challenge and got my MBE, gave a tasting, got hired. And then I brought in my friend, Chef Michelle Linus, who grew up coming to Yuka's with her grandmother to have a bean and cheese burrito. Mm. And then years later on a, on a food tour, we stopped at a restaurant she was working at. And she told me that story and she said, because of that experience of 
going somewhere with my grandmother to enjoy good food and have that be like a thing we did together, that helped inspire me to become a chef. And I was just like, oh my God. So we became friends. And when we got approved, I called her and I said, Michelle, I need your help because I don't know how to feed 2,000 people. So we had to hire extra prep chefs. We had to rent a kitchen, figure out portion control, how much to spend, how's it going to work out so that, you know, we can get this gift. I mean, like do it well, but also make a profit. And to have someone just say, yes, I will help you was just amazing. And we did. We like rocked the house. Yeah. Knock it out of the park. I bet. And and we went and a couple other people had like one or two people manning their boots. I had 13 and they're all volunteers. They're all like, I want to come and I want to help you. How amazing. And to have that response from people is astounding because that was hard work. You know, and to volunteer to, to work your ass off for like 10 hours in the heat and everything was just, I felt so loved. It was. Yeah. Amazing. Oh my God. That, is, see, what comes around goes around. Yeah, I think so. you guys pour into your community so much and then your community turns around and supports you. Yeah. That is like the best of all worlds, right? Of course. We're, you know, and you do it out of love. Of course, you want to make a profit, but that's kind of secondary because first is the love component of your food and and wanting to just build this uh, entire community and lift them up and support them. And then they come and they come and support you in the most the biggest way possible oh my god it was so cool and then the the, the best part is we were done in time to get the shuttle back be back at home break out all the food and beer and and watch the game (laughs) (laughs) that is amazing did you see the halftime show at home or or there Uh, no at home at home at home we didn't get to go into the stadium it was a tailgate in the parking lot outside outside. yeah and in fact they had a bunch of different tailgate venues and I think each of them did like 2,000 people. But wow. it was it was like for the um, team owners and the VIPs. And so like it was a bunch of different. Yeah. And it was. You'll just, do it, it again. Doing like 60 uh, ceviche boats, like <laughs> 60 boats a minute. And I, I would turn around and go, I need. And they were there with the trays of, and it would just, just kept flowing and flowing and flowing. Wow. Wow. And, that takes a lot of leadership and command of your station and just, oh my God, being very strategic and, and, uh, these processes. Oh my goodness. Well, of course you're Dora. <laughs> and then, you know, the Lowe family, Pearl and Denise, the librarians, the Latino restaurant association, chef Michelle, just my family. And we all were like a well-oiled feeding well machine. Oiled. You know? Yeah, absolutely. How incredible. And I know you've received many awards. And I also saw that you've also been a, a fellow of Tori Birch. I'm like, what hasn't she done? <laughs> like literally. There's a couple of programs left to do. Oh, my God. So when I take next? a program. It's kind of like the first one I did was the Stanford Latino Entrepreneurs Initiative back in like 2013. And for someone that didn't do a business course, 
you know, like to learn how to, it was mind blowing. It's like, wait, what? How did, when I heard, first learned about press releases, I'm like, wait, people write about themselves and give it to somebody else? <laughs> I thought you just wait around till you got noticed. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, it's all for the best. Like, for instance, with Ruth Reichel, she would come and she loved her burrito and she was writing about us all the time. And then she moved to New York and she wrote for us in the New York Times. We had no idea what she looked like. And a couple of people were like, well, I can introduce you to her. It's like, no, I don't want to meet her. I want to treat her Just like, like any other Joe Schmo walking up to our counter and know that she's happy with because we treat everybody like a VIP, not because right. we know who she is and, you know, we make her burrito bigger or, plump, you know, whatever. So we never wanted to do that. Wow. I mean, do that, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I see you in, in the community events and I'm like, everybody knows Dora. I'm like, wow. And, and everyone speaks so highly of you and, and about you guys. I'm like, this is incredible. You know, I mean, it just shows, it really shows. After 47 years, you meet a couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> My uh, relatives in, in Merida, they came to visit and one of them wanted to be like a firefighter and an actor and a this. And I would like say, okay, well, let me introduce you. And, and she goes, Tara knows people, you know, no matter what I say, I want to do, she introduces me to somebody. Yeah. And I go, well, that's the beauty of not only serving people, but like going outside and sitting down with them and saying, so Jackie, you know, how'd you find out about us? Yeah. Or what are you doing? You know, what, what's your day like today? Or how was your weekend or whatever? And then next time you come, we know that you like a burrito and a taco and you go get a beer. At the, and we see you get out of the car and we're making it for you so that by the time you come, it's on a plate ready. Here's your money. Thank you. Enjoy. And people just love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one time we were at the airport and I saw a customer and he's like, Mama, Dora. <laughs> And I looked at him and I just couldn't remember his name. And I just pointed at him and I said, double cheese, no onions. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it doesn't matter if you know their name. What matters is that you know them as a person, you know. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you know what they like. Yeah. And it's such a wonderful feeling to be at a place where everybody knows your name and they're so glad you came. Kind of like cheers, you know, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, just like that vibe of like, you know what? I enjoy coming here. Not And yes, the food is great, but what's even better is just that sense of love and community that we belong. We've been to places where the food is fabulous and the service was either flat or not so good. And we don't go back to that because it's got to go together. You know, it's like it's not one or the other. It's like together they make like a good package. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is the recipe to your success? Oh, wow. Doing what we love, doing it how we want to, and not really caring whether people like it or not, because our people will stay and the ones that aren't meant for us will go on their merry way and everybody's happy. Yeah. So 
I'm part of a James Beard cohort right now. And one of the women posted, you know, I got a bad review. What do I do? And a bunch of the, the women in the cohort responded. And basically it was like, you are not for everybody. No. You know, and customer A will say, this is horrible. I can't believe the quality is so bad. And customer B will, will say, oh, my God, this is the most fabulous thing ever. I want to order a huge stock of this. So since you can't please everyone, then you got to please yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when you're happy, you attract other people that want to be happy. Yes, exactly. I love that because it's so true. You attract what you are, who you are, comes back. And and in order to get anywhere, you have to take risks. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, my mom decided she wasn't going to mash beans and she wasn't going to put cheese on them because that's what she felt was appropriate. Yeah. And it worked. One day she wanted lemonade. So she sent somebody across the street to get lemonade. And people would walk up like, Mama, what are you drinking? Lemonade. Oh, that sounds great with tacos. So now we sell lemonade. And yeah. if you just do what you want, it'll all gel and work out in the end. Oh, it definitely will work out in the end. And and I mean, it's a testament, 47 years. Yeah. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix. Exactly. Right. <laughs> That's what I say. I'm like, shit, when there's restaurants that are failing left and right, I mean, here you have a staple. You guys are in two locations for a reason, because you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And we've we've opened up other locations serially. Like, you know, we opened one by LACC and then that property was sold and we were kicked out. And we opened one in, I think it was La Puente, but nobody wanted to go there because And actually, I shouldn't say La Puente because I'm not sure what it is. And I don't want to say that gang members were in La Puente. But it was a bad neighborhood and nobody wanted to go work it. So we were losing Mm -hmm. money. So it's like, okay, we close that. And like we got kicked out of Hollywood, ended up in Pasadena. And so we haven't been able to like have Yuka's one, two, three, four, and five all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, and, you know, we've come to, to it's like, okay, well, we don't care. You know, we have two that are working beautifully now. And yeah. That's the way it is. Then that's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it works. It's working out. you got the hut and then you got the yucas in Pasadena. And so I can only imagine, like, you'll have more, you know, when the time is right. And, it's and if we don't, then that's, that's, and that's okay. Too, you know, it's. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And so, Amiga. We're getting at the tail end of our interview here. And I just always want my guests to always share with me one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit. Because boy, you ladies have been doing that. Well, apart from what I, I mentioned already of do what you want, do what you love, take risks. As an example, when, when I went away to college as a science major, I told myself when I get there, I'm going to try things I have never done in my life. I'm not going to say no to anything. So I joined the fencing team. I took African dance classes. And as a science major, people are looking at me like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I joined the soccer team. And then when the season ended, they're like, what are you going to do now, Dora? I'm like, 
I don't know. I haven't thought about it. And I like, come play hockey with us. And I'm like, hockey? They're like, ice hockey. I'm like, I don't know how to skate. <laughs> Whatever. So I said, okay, well, you know, if the coach is fine with it, I will do that. So he said, could be a problem. Go get a used pair, spend 20 bucks. And if you don't like it, so you lost 20 bucks. I did it. I loved it. I learned how to skate. I played for four years. And that experience has colored every decision I make in my life. Because whenever I think I can't do it, I don't know how, what if I fail? I think back to joining an ice hockey team when you don't even know how to skate. I mean, talk about a challenge. And so that was to me is if you're not willing to take risks, then, you know, life's going to be very dull. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this just kind of circles back to how your mom is. She didn't know how to create a dress, but there she is creating one out of nothing. So, wow. What a testament to taking risk and just really not saying no to things because you're scared. Right. But it's okay to say no. I think that was my second handle your shit. It's like, don't ever say yes because people expect you to, or it's the right thing to do. Say yes. If you want it, say yes. If you love it, say yes. If you think you're going to enjoy it, but don't be afraid to say, no, that's not for me ever. Right. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, yes, it's so important. You know, when your yeses are a yes, a committed yes. And when your no's, it's a hell no. I always say if it's not a, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. So exactly. And lastly, it's all about the people. If I hadn't been encouraged by my soccer teammates, I never would have done ice hockey. If I hadn't taken the risk with the Super Bowl, I never would have become better friends with the people that supported me and it all boils down to the people in your life what you do for them what they do for you and how you make your community and your world a little better yeah I love that I really love that you know I think that we all we all have a purpose to be on this planet and if we all understood that and share the love that we have inside and share it around the world you know, we can be better every day, just one step at a time. Yeah. Just little by little. And and don't be afraid to show love. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, I don't know if, if I say this, we're hard again. Nobody's going to get mad at you for saying, I love you, or I really enjoy your company, or I miss that we haven't been able to get together. People will love that because that means that they're impacting your life and you're impacting theirs. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness, Dora, thank you so much for all of your amazing, amazing words and just the vision that you have for these restaurants and how like, I mean, those taking those risks. I mean, that's so damn outlandish to just like say, I'm going to serve at the Super Bowl. (laughs) You That is like, wow. And you know what? We need more people like that. And, and I am very honored that you accepted to be here on Amiga Handle Your Shit because, amigas, this woman is handling her shit. Yeah. And <laughs> if you ever need me to help you handling your shit, all you listeners out there, 
call me. Yes. I to support you. Ooh, I love that. I love that. So for anyone who's here in LA, visiting LA, make sure you visit The Hunt and also you guys in Pasadena. Is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know more about you? Well, we're starting to plan our 50th anniversary celebration. So if you have any good ideas, share them with us and be sure and celebrate Cinco de Mayo like it's the last one you'll ever do because... Yes, that's all about celebrating celebration. Absolutely. And and this episode is dropping this week, which is the Cinco de Mayo week. Oh, I love it. You know, you're going to have a cincuentañera. (laughs) I love it. That's going to be our title. Thank you, Jackie. (laughs) I am happy. There you go. See? I'm here to support. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Okay. That, that already gave me all these images of what we can do. <laughs> well, I'm here to serve. So I'm so all grateful right. that you're here, Dora, and I'll be visiting you guys very soon. All right. Thank you so much for being on Amiga Handle Your Shit. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, Please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.